For the Haters podcast. This is a sister channel off of our YouTube channel, For the Haters, so go check that out if you have not already. This is Becky, your host, and we also have here today Devin, our videographer and editor. Welcome back to the podcast. (laughs) All right, and then we also have Laura, our writer. What's up, guys? So for today's episode, we have a special guest. So we have Dina. Uh, Dina, if you want to kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself, why you're here, um, you know how we found you? Yeah. Hi, I'm Dina. <laughs> um, I'm Dina. I know Laura from high school. That's up. So that's how we made this connect. Uh, I own a hair salon and I do hair and makeup for uh, normal people and kind of famous people. So that's that's how people know me. You're being humble. Yeah, kind she's of famous. No one likes an ego. <laughs> yeah, she's been so she's being a little modest right now. So so Dina um, has had the opportunity to be the. What is the glam girl? The glam, glam girl. girl for the Z one hundred crew. Yeah. Um, she did J Wow's makeup for her wedding. I did J Wow's bridesmaids hair for the wedding. Oh, so okay. we brought on for that, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we have Dina on today. So Dina has this past that is interesting because most people that see celebrities or see people that are in the limelight, they don't really think about the past that they bring with them. They think they have this amazing life that, you know, they get to meet me and work with celebrities. Um, but you know, that's not the case. We're all, we're all human, right? We all have some type of history and past that we bring with us. Um, I guess kind of just to jump right into it, if you wanted to kind of just talk about your mom a little bit first. Yeah. So When I was a kid, I was 13, and my mom got diagnosed with lung cancer, and it really quickly spread to the rest of her body, particularly her brain, which made her mind go. It was awful. Um, I lost her when I was 14, and it just, it made me have to grow up really fast. Um, You know, as horrible as it was, I wouldn't be who I am today if everything didn't happen exactly the way that it did. Um, Do I wish that it didn't happen? Of course. I would love for her to be around, but... It was just a situation in my life that that made me grow up really quick. And I had to kind of fend for myself, figure out what I wanted out of life and and have to get it on my own. I didn't have, you know, I went to high school, as we know, with a lot of people who had a lot of money. And I didn't come from that at all. And even when I opened my shop in Hoboken, people thought, oh, her parents or her family must have helped her. Nobody helped me. So, yeah, I mean, that all stemmed from losing my mom when I was young. And, and you and your mom had an awesome relationship. I know, or, yeah. <clears throat> I know that you kind of talked about that in the video, how you know it was you and your mom, and then there was your sister and your father. Um, so when your mom passed away, it was, it was a super big hit to you. Yeah, I mean, we were so close. I, don't, I couldn't imagine navigating life without her, but that's what life is. It's a bunch of crap that you don't know what's going to happen happens. And you got to just figure out how to deal with it. Um, you know, Dina... You and I were in high school together. You were a senior. I was a freshman. We didn't have, you know, a tremendous amount of interactions, but I did know of you. And um, from my perspective as, you know, a a new freshman, 
you kind of seem to have it all together. I mean, that could be nothing beyond a 14-year-old looking at a 17-year-old and thinking, oh, you know, they're older, they're more mature, they're, you know, they're, they have this, they walk with this, they exude this confidence that, that we don't have. But to me, it seemed like everything was okay. And, and to know now what, you know, happened is pretty remarkable because you, you masked it that well. You know, can you, can you sort of just speak to that? Yeah, I mean, high school already is... A roller coaster right so you're like amazing one day you hate your life the next you love your parents one day you hate them the next it's it's already a roller coaster so I, I mean I definitely was severely depressed after that happened and after everything I went through but I knew that my mother would be mad at me if she were alive and I started to like tank per se so I to be mad at you because you were like if no no, no. It, like if I started to go south right if I started to make poor choices and, and started failing in school and started like being a bad kid I knew she would be mad at me. So I was like, I'm going to continue living as if she were alive, right? Because I was like, why, why would I change that? And then I would be messing up everything that she did for me and that would be totally dishonoring all the work she put in my first 14 years of life. Dishonoring so, memory. Exactly. So, you know, I just made sure to, to always put on a front, even though it was a front at times, right? But again, fake it till you make it. I, I always had this thing where, and I still do, where I have to be seen as someone who's strong and who's got it together. I've never really been a person to like break down to other people. And you and I are both Italian. Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah. I think, I think it's understood, you know, amongst the two. I think that's yeah. such a strong contradiction because I mean, losing a loved one is, is such, uh, I mean, it's such a terrible experience, but at the same time, it would be dishonoring their memory to, to be depressed and go this, this way of. I totally. Mean, and even though I was falling apart terrible. behind the scenes, like, I mean, just some examples that I'm trying to remember. It seems like so long ago. I mean, I just remember like I was literally falling asleep in classes sometimes. I was just so tired. I was just thinking like, I don't even want to live anymore. And like how awful for a teenager to feel like they want to end their own life. Like I used to actually think if I'm going to do it, how am I going to do it? How am I going to take my own life? But I knew that I didn't have the balls per se. I knew I was never going to do it. I just knew always in the back of my mind like, you could fantasize about it, but you're not actually gonna do it. And I knew that. And I knew that I would ruin my dad's life if I did that, and I didn't wanna ruin his life. And I know we talked about the quote, don't let one tragedy turn into another. And that's ultimately what made me not do it. But I think that, I mean, I don't know if everybody has like thoughts about not living anymore. Maybe everybody does at some point. Maybe it's just something with people with depression. I don't know, but I know that I did, and I know that it sucks. So teenagers especially are like super sensitive. Like, you know, people always say like, oh, teenagers have no, no, no real problems, but sometimes they do. And it's really important that even if you think someone's okay, like it's really awesome to ask them. So like now I feel like we're living in such a better time where like, it's cool if people say like, hey, I'm, I'm screwed up, I need help. But even 14, I'm oh, no, 16 now, 16 years ago, that wasn't a thing, especially in like, Old school Italian families is like therapy. You get smacked in the head. You're fine. Like you know, just do do what you gotta do, and you're fine. My family's pretty much still of that belief. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. So is mine. But you know, <laughs> nowadays it's it's cool and it's accepted to be like I need help, or like I'm not alright. Yeah. Like, Self care is a thing now. When was that a thing? Like thank God it's around now. We I'm talk we talk care. about it collectively a lot about therapy in general, um, in hopes that the people listening 
to our show, to our channel, know that it's okay to go seek help, to go seek therapy. Uh, I actively talk about how I go see, I go see a therapist and, um, you know, seeing a therapist got me through a lot of, of the really tough times in my life that I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Um, and there is kind of a stigma still about going to see a therapist about, you know, it makes, almost makes you a weaker person because you're, you're asking for help. But, um, I appreciate you speaking to if you have someone in that situation, if, if you could have gone to therapy, you know, when you were 13, 14, when this happened, maybe it could have taken a little bit ease off you and everything that you're going through. Um, so you encouraging other people to think about that if they know someone in that situation or if they have a child in that situation, you know, I, I really appreciate you sticking your head out and, and making that statement. Yeah. I mean, I was totally bottled up. Like everything I felt was bottled up and I channeled it through getting good grades, working and staying busy because staying busy was my distraction from how I was really feeling. I mean, still to this day, I actually never did, tried therapy at all, mm -hmm. which you know what? Maybe I should. I don't know. But I think people it's would awesome. say good, even if there's yeah. nothing wrong, people should see a therapist. You know, someone. I don't know who I was having this conversation with, but um, you know, they, I think it was Morgan I actually. Morgan. Yeah, Morgan was saying, you know, even if you are okay, seeing even a therapist could help. Yeah, yeah. even if yeah. you're happy, seeing a therapist could help. Uh, just having that outlet. Totally. So, yeah. Well, I also am a firm believer that we live in a time where we are expected to do a hundred different things at one time. Like. People have two cell phones sometimes. Like people are expected to answer work emails at every hour of the day. Like that was not a thing mm -hmm. before this like social media and, and crazy internet emailing age. Like that wasn't a thing. People did nine to five and they were fine. We have so much more on our plate now and it's so much easier to be stressed and overwhelmed that like, what are we supposed to do? So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, so this experience that you went through, it almost like was a staple point of your life of creating the person that you are today. Um, and you talked about the quote, and we talk about this in the video as well, um, don't let one tragedy turn to another, uh, which is a little bit ironic with you know your story because you did already have one tragedy and you ended up having another. Yeah, that was two big hits, like a few years apart. So yeah, after my mom died, then my house burnt down three years later. And it was like a whole big thing. We were not back in our house for over a year. I lived in a hotel for a month. Then I lived in a, in a rented house for the remainder of the time while our house got rebuilt. My dad ended up like losing all of his savings because the builders like pretty much robbed him. Like it was just a whole mess. So, you know, we really had to, had to deal with a lot, but we, we never, I was always raised and my dad's very much like this. And I get it from him. Like you do not feel sorry for yourself because if you do, you're going to just go down this rabbit hole of like, woe is me. You're going to feel like crap. Your life's going to turn to crap. So honestly, it's kind of like the secret. Like we were talking about how yeah. cool the secret is like, you know, if you feel sorry for yourself all the time, I, I firmly believe that you're going to just create more bad circumstances and negativity. So, you know, when stuff happens, you got to just say, okay, how am I going to get through this? And you just take it day by day. That's it. But the things that have happened to you are pretty remarkable. I mean, these are not, you know, so-and-so broke up with me or I crashed my car. Right. Yeah, I mean, these are yeah. pretty remarkable. These are like nightmares. Tragic. <laughs> yeah, they're nightmares. These are, these are circumstances of great magnitude. And, and as somebody who, like, kind of sort of knew you back then, like, I... I Again, like I thought you were cool. I thought you were. <laughs> yes. you, know, I mean, you are cool. You are cool. But like I I'm thought you were cool. okay. I thought I beg to differ. But I thought I thought you were okay. Yeah. And you mentioned like 
pouring yourself into work and pouring yourself into activities and, and you were actually my waitress at one point so that's you know, mm-hmm. whatever but you know so you so I think when I met you was actually when you had the house fire oh okay right yep, so I was freshman you were senior yes right it was like your spring yes. of that year and and I remember it being news around the school yeah and but you just held yourself together in a way that is I mean, commendable seems to fall short of what I want to say. Well, thank you. You know, it's interesting. You know, as you speak about this, and I, I didn't really think about this previously, but, like, I think that there's something behind the strength of your father as well that that has been able to help you become the person that you are, too, at least from what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Because, um, you know, I know a lot of people that have, you know, been in situations where things have happened and their parents have kind of broken down. But it seems like your father was so strong throughout all this, which is incredible to see. Yeah. My dad is tough to a fault. So he's so tough that we've had times where, like, I mean, I love my dad more than anything. We're so close now. But he is so tough and, like, I I don't want to say stubborn, just in case he ever listens to this. But, (laughs) you know, a little bit. Um, I mean, yeah, he's very Italian. Let's put it that way. I mean, I've had I've had six months period, six month periods, and another like two or three month period where we didn't even speak, and it was just over him thinking a certain way, and then like it finally resolved itself. But like he is so tough, and he never feels sorry for himself, and he's a no BS kind of guy, and I definitely get that from him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I look at the stuff that's happened to him and. I feel like when stuff like this happens, like really bad stuff, you don't feel bad for yourself. You feel bad for other people. So like when you hear a story about like something that someone's gone through, you're like, oh my God, they're amazing. How did they do that? But when it's you, you go into like fight or flight mode and like you go into survival mode and you figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I feel like that's how we all just become really tough. And he's, he's tough mm-hmm. for sure. I think that was something that was understated in the video. Yeah. It's kind of just brushed over, but it, it is kind of unbelievable what you're... Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. We were talking about winning the lottery in between the in between the video and this. My dad definitely deserves to win the lottery. I'll put that in the universe too because I'm going to win the lottery. But I'll put it out there that maybe he should make his So yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, some of the things that hit me about you know thinking about losing your house, especially in our in our age growing up. um, You know, we're not growing up in the digital era, so we have all of our really true valuables are physical things. They're pictures taken. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I couldn't imagine losing photos and family photos. And I know we kind of talked about this, that you only have, you know, certain photos left. Yeah. I don't even really know the photos left because, like, there's probably a couple albums at my dad's house, but we definitely lost a lot. And they didn't burn directly, but the heat that was throughout the whole house, like, melted photos together. So it was crazy. I remember seeing two pictures, and I knew what they were. But you would try to pull them apart and they were just, like, you couldn't get the pictures. They just were fused together. So they were gone forever. That's um, what is yeah. especially <laughs> devastating to me, listening to this, is that not only did you lose your mother once by losing your mother physically, but then you lost the memories of her. Yeah. T- like, the tangible memories because of the house fire. Yeah. So it's like, now you're you're kind of just left to rely on... Just memories. Just act up. Yeah. Yeah. And we were never, like, a big photo family. Like, I know so many parents are like, Especially now with the phones. But before the phones, you know, your parents had, like, 
either cool. the big video camera. Oh yeah, my like, parents, my parents oh had my video God. camera everywhere. We watched, <laughs> yeah. we watched like the home videos all the time. Is that where you like, get yeah. it? I was like, oh my yeah, that was we, me like crying. Yeah, <laughs> we had like a few home videos. We might still have them. I don't know. I have to ask my dad. I think some of them got saved, but. Yeah, we were, like, my mom didn't like taking pictures of herself, so there were really not that many to begin with anyway, so, I don't know. I just figure. Well, I yeah, know. I take pictures, and people get upset with me that I'm, I'm I take pictures of everything. I do too now. Losing, like, people close to me, it's made me realize how much more I wish I had pictures with yeah. them to, like, look back on. Mm-hmm. I love being able to look back on memories that I make and looking at these photos. It's so um, true. Oh yeah, and people have such a, like a stigma about it. Like, well, you know, kinda, like, you, you know, are. enjoy it. You know, enjoy the moment, enjoy the scene. But like, let me just take a picture so I can enjoy <laughs> it. But yeah. it exactly. lasts longer that way. Yeah. People kind of like hit on oh. that generation for documenting totally. everything we do. But like, I think we we do do it for. I mean, it's not for, always to show. For it's for ourselves. It's, yeah, I mean, that's sometimes. one of the reasons why I became a videographer. I wanted to be able to show my family what I was up to, and then be able to look at look back on what I've done. Yeah. It's awesome. You know. Yeah, when you do video and photo, like it's that's. In the world forever, then. Exactly. That's why. And I thought, just like to me, I'm like, that is so cool. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, take one picture, not like fifty. That way, you're still living in the moment, but you have like your phone. Right. That's right. Yeah. There's a balance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so after this, after this fire happens, you know, it's another life tragedy that you kind of have to deal with. At what point, you know, what was the next thing that changed? What was the next good thing that came or bad thing? Like, what was that next point in your life? Well, after, so not too long after the fire, I guess like six months, was it six months later? Well, not too long after the fire, we'll say. Um, I did take my, my first makeup class that opened me to knowing what I wanted to do, like, as my career. And I didn't know that going into the class because I was just taking it for myself to because I was like, oh my God, I'm horrible at makeup and I didn't feel pretty at all. I was like, oh, these girls today are getting so good looking and I want to, you know, I want to be up to par with them. So I took it for myself and I was like, oh, I actually really like this. So it's cool, you know, especially when you do makeup on someone who is not feeling good about themselves, making someone feel amazing. There's no better feeling. That's why I still do what I do with hair and makeup. You can take someone who's in the crappiest mood, who like is just facing a really bad time and giving them that confidence and they feel amazing. There's no better feeling. So just getting my career going and realizing the impact it had on people was like, okay, I'm learning who I am now. Like, yeah, all this stuff happened in the past, but now I'm figuring out like what my purpose is. And I want to do more in terms of like charity work and stuff because I feel like it does kind of go hand in hand. I know I'm going on a tangent now, but (laughs) kind of like even when like bad crap happens, when you have like your vision of the impact you want to make, that, that keeps you going. Making a difference. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. we can relate to that on That's so many true. different levels yeah. of just trying to do good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think makeup, hair and makeup is like an art. I consider it like art because it's a creative process. You know, you, there's so many different, there's no like right or wrong. I mean, I don't know. There's so many different <laughs> styles. There's yeah. so many different styles. I completely get what you're saying. You know, yeah. it's, I feel like it's like an art. Um, um, oh, totally. Um, well, I actually heard a really cool quote last week and it was like, I'm, when a client sits in your chair, your job is to make them see themselves, but you're the tool doing that. Like you're the vessel. You like my job is to make you see yourself the way you want to see yourself. Right. It's not for me to do what I want to do on you. It's, it's to help you and see yourself in a way that you are going to feel better and feel more confident and, and just live better, which I know can seem so superficial, but it's, it's true. But it, it 
can give you all confidence if, if that's what you're yeah. looking for. So now, you know, you're at a point of life where like you finally find your passion, you finally find what you're supposed to be doing. Um, you're moving forward with your life. You got through these two tragedies and then bam. And then bam, your <laughs> shop burns down. I'm like, wow, what is with me and fires? If I, I better not have a third one in my life. Like, I don't know, I don't know if I can handle a third one. Two is enough. So I had my shop in Hoboken. The building was three retail locations, my salon being one of them, and two apartments upstairs. So one other fact that we didn't touch on on the actual video was that I was under construction on one of the other locations with someone else. We had just poured a bunch of money into it. So I lost my shop. I lost the location upstairs that we were adding on, which I had just poured about $10,000 into. And so I lost my investment and I lost my business. So it was a huge hit, really bad. So I thought we were gonna be closed for a few months. They ended up having to tear the building down. Um, but luckily I had followed my instinct and I signed the lease for my new shop while we were down from the first, from the fire. And they didn't close the building down. Well, I mean, you from the fire, your place was pretty much untouched, you said. My salon seemed totally fine. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. It was an old building. I had a really tiny door on the side, it's really low. When you do new construction on something, or when you update it, there's all new codes, there's all new rules. So they were then going to potentially have to change the building so much that I wouldn't have been able to function in it because it was already really small and it would have been smaller. So this fire was just like an onion with so many layers. And each week that went by, it felt like a new piece of information came out that, that made me realize like, I don't think I'm going to be back in this location. Even though I built my career there, um, I had lived in Hoboken for almost nine years. I had just moved to Sea Caucus with my then fiance. So it was just like a total disaster. I'm like, okay, we're going to reopen. Then, okay, we're going to reopen, but it's going to be a different size. Okay, it's going to take six months longer. Okay, now they're tearing the building down. So it was just one thing after another. It was a mess. But then we ended up here and it's bigger and better. And so beautiful. Yeah, so yeah it's amazing. Up, thanks. It ended up working out. This is three times bigger than my last spot. And how wow. do you think if that fire never happened, do you think you would be where you are today? The, no, there's no shot. No shot. Because my shop in Hoboken was so small. Mm -hmm. And I my, my thing was I always wanted to have a really nice price point where people didn't feel like, oh my God, I just spent a fortune getting my hair done. I can't go back for like five more months. Okay. So I was always really good on, I had good rent. I had a really good clientele. The location was sick. It was right downtown by the path where everyone was going in and out of New York City. I was in my shop every day at 6.30 a.m. Doing blowouts, spray tans, highlights, you name it. So I finally, for like probably two or three months before the fire, I was like, damn, I feel good. Like I'm, I'm comfortable in my life. I'm gonna make good money. I started to make good money and then it just, that fire. And we never found out the cause but there were people upstairs, their couch went on fire, and that was it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to touch on something that you mentioned during the video. You said that you had a premonition that this fire was going to happen. What? Yeah, <laughs> so not necessarily that it was a fire, but I was getting ready for work one day, and this I heard this voice in my head. It was not like me thinking anything. It wasn't just like, Oh, I'm hungry, let me get a sandwich. Like, no, it was nothing like that. It was so bizarre, I cannot explain it at all. 
but I heard, it was almost like someone was standing behind me talking. And all I remember was, you're gonna go flat broke and have to start over again. And I tried to shake the idea and I heard it again. And this was weeks before? Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly because after, after I heard that I was like, what the hell? Like, that's weird of me to, and I was like, that's weird of me to think, why would I think something so horrible? But I didn't think it. It was literally like I heard someone say it to me. And I was like, no, like, no, 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 no. What does that mean? Like, keep that away from me. And I, and I totally forgot about it. I, you know, I was just living my life, going to work. I was a workaholic, like seven, we're talking 70, 80 hours a week. I'm like, I'm doing good. What kind of stupid thing is that to, to pay attention to? I paid no mind to it. And then I, I think that was about two weeks before the fire. Well, that's actually why I asked because I, I wondered if hearing that or feeling that premonition or, or you know, whatever sense was kind of, you know, I guess in, incited, um, did that mentally prepare you for something to happen or did no. you just ignore it? No, because I totally, I totally am a believer that if you're thinking negative thoughts, they're going to happen. It was, it was just something really bizarre that I paid no attention to whatsoever. And like I said, I just continued my everyday life with positive thoughts and, and good thinking. And I'm like, I'm going to go and have a great day at work today. I'm going to do some great highlights and make this person feel good about themselves. And no, I paid no mind to it. Cause I was like, if I feed into that, it's going to create something. So I didn't, I totally ignored it. And then after the fire, I was like, what was that voice? Oh my God. Why did that come true? Like, what the hell was that? So it was, it was freaky. Not going to lie. When you found out about this, I mean, was there, there had to be some part of you that was just like, Oh, I was God, there again. I didn't find you out there. I was there. Yeah. So my uh, shock was half, half below ground, half above ground. So there was basically a window at like chest to hip level. And anytime people would walk by, we, it was nicknamed like the fishbowl of Hoboken because you could walk by and you just saw everything. So my friends, every time they'd walk by, would like knock on the window, we would wave. Like it was, it was cool. It was like a very interactive type of window. So it was a Saturday at 9.45 in the morning. I had done one girl's toner really quick. It took like 20 minutes. She was in and out. So my second client, so, which was like my first big client of the day, sat down. I put one foil in her hair. And then this guy, boom, 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 bangs on the window. And my first thought was like, what the hell? I was like, none of my friends bang that loud on the window. Like, who the hell is this? Like, crazy person. If this is one of my friends, I'm going to be pissed. I turn around and some guy is screaming, fire, get out of the building. And I was just like, no. <laughs> oh, this oh is my some God. crazy guy. No. Like, not again. And he's like, it's on fire, get out. Now, we were doing the construction upstairs, so I was like, oh my god, did one of our workers do something? Right, did you cause this? Yeah, so I was literally like, oh no, I was scared, so scared, I was like, oh my god, thank god, it had nothing to do with, with anything that we did. So there's two lights in my salon now, you, I know if you're listening, you can't see them, but you guys can see yeah. them right in the front. My friend's husband put those and it's just so easy you just click them right in put them in my shop and hope okay we were like did that cause the fire <laughs> it didn't there was no issue with the lights they were totally fine <laughs> turns out yeah like we said it like i said it was the tenants upstairs we don't know we don't know what happened it could have been like a space heater i have no clue 
to this day. But yeah, that was that was a panic and a half. Do you and in that moment, like, does your brain at all like go back to like the first fire or to like other things in your life? Like, did you think about it at all? No, I I was just like super calm because I I was very like there's nothing I can do to control the situation. I said I just had all my employees get out and like I, I just had everybody get out. I was like get out, get out, get out, and that was it. It's like so incredible like talking to you because like just hearing your mindset in life is you know you don't meet many people like that at all. Like you don't meet many people that. <laughs> <laughs> that can take these punches and literally live their life knowing that their life is better than someone else's and just continue to move forward. Like that is so inspiring to see. You can tell you don't dwell. I mean, I could, yeah. I could tell that at, you know, when you were 17 and I could tell that now that you're 30. I mean, there's just no... Well, it's funny. I couldn't help but laugh because when I like see or hear people complaining about the dumbest things, I'm just like, wow, I'm not like that at all. And I'm thankful <laughs> I'm not like that. Like, I laugh because, you know, I own a hair salon, so I meet a ton of women all the time. Always this, talking. Oh, my God. Oh, it's like, yeah. you know, Gossip Central. And I really take no part in it because I just think it's so silly. But, like, when I see a woman, and whether it's in my salon or in a nail salon or anywhere else in a restaurant, when I see someone freaking out and making so much drama out of nothing, my mind just goes numb. I'm like, oh, my God. Someone needs to visit a third world country or, like, see a real problem. I just, I get so... Just like, ugh, get that person away from me. I can't stand it. And I'm like that actually to a fault because sometimes like my family's like, well, don't you care? And I just, I'm kind of like, no. And they're like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I, I just, I don't know. I've been through some shit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. I, like if I know that something doesn't matter and I, one of my things is if I feel like I'm going to freak out about something, I say to myself, am I going to care about this in one year? Am I going to care about this in five years? And the Absolutely. answer is usually no. And if I know the answer is no, I'm good. But I must say, when something bad happens to me, like personally, I am so awful to myself. And that's something that I'm working on. Like if I think that like someone wasn't happy with their hair, uh, I'm, I'm a disaster for a couple days. And that's just a perfectionist in me too. Like my work is my reputation. It's what I've been working for so long. So yeah, no, it's not always, it's not always sound stuff going on up here. But. <laughs> but then in Constellation, though, I was raised on the exact same type of mentality. Yeah. I mean, to, to, yeah. like, verbatim, my I mean, mom would say, is this going to matter thing. in five years? Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Total blessing and a curse. Yeah. If, I th if I think someone is mad at me, disaster. I had one girl, got her hair done, this was years ago, by one of my stylists. Everything seems fine. And I never spoke about this, ever. She said, oh, I love it. Everything's perfect. Amazing. She got... I think I counted once. It was six or seven services done. So we're talking haircut, treatment, single, single, which is your root color, highlight, like literally everything you can get done in one visit, she got done. She said she loved it, left the girl a great tip, leaves. I get to work the next day. I had a voicemail from her screaming, saying how awful everything was and she hated it. And I didn't, I was like, what do I do? Because salons don't give refunds because it's art, right? right? So unless something really horrible happened, like you burned their hair <laughs> off or caused like scalp burns or they're balding, it's like, okay, no, just come back. We will change whatever you don't like. She said she loved everything. And she wanted her money back for every single service that she had. And I was like, okay, like, 
that's not really how this works. So this was like a super long story, but what ended up happening was there were so many reviews written online from this person and friends that were recruited, which is actually illegal. It's called tortious interference is when you get like a gang of people to gang up on a business. Because wow. it, it's, it's slander for a business. Oh, I didn't, yeah, absolutely. I was hysterical because I thought that I did everything to make it right. And I'm sure she still hates me to this day, mm -hmm. which you, I'm not an avocado. I can't make everybody happy. I hate avocados. <laughs> See, I can't stand not avocado. even an avocado. <laughs> I can't stand them. What a saying. Yeah. I'm not fully applied to this room. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would say a jar of Nutella, but like, yes, I ate one today. But like, I'm, I'm on a vegan diet, so like, I can't even get happy from Nutella anymore. It's just like a tragic thing. But like, that stuff eats me alive. I didn't eat for five days. Five. Like, how messed up is that? How malnutrition? It's, it's interesting to hear that though. Like, as like you can take like these such tragic events right. and run with them, but like right. it's like because it's something you had no yeah. control over. Like, right. Some someone comes in here, they're not happy with the service. That's something you have complete right. control right. over. Yeah. Right. And so I thought that I took control and I was so professional. And mm -hmm. like my reputation is she cares. She's professional. She does the right thing. Like that's that was the one and only time that has ever happened to me. And it was when I had my first salon and I was pretty new. Mm -hmm. So um, luckily for me, like a lot of those things that were online ended up getting taken down, but it made me physically sick. I felt like a failure. I tried calling her back to give her all of her money back, but she didn't answer. Like I didn't know what to do. And I just was like, all this crap is happening in my life. Why someone is literally like trying to ruin my business. And it's the only thing that like I have is mm -hmm. my business. And like my reputation is someone's trying to ruin it. It made me so sick. Like I still think about her to this day and it's just, it's just insane. Like all this bad crap can happen, but I, every once in a while, I just totally think about that and it totally messes me up. It's amazing how much more you seem to care about the, uh, the potential of you disappointing yeah. someone else versus you being disappointed by life or people or, mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's an incredible life. mindset. It's a testament yeah. to your character, for sure. Yeah, but it's bad, too. Like, didn't, <laughs> eat, didn't eat for five days? Like, what? I can definitely relate, though, about, like, messing up in, in like, the work sense and, like, just it dwelling on you. And it, yeah. I mean, it, it's, like, I feel like a part of us as humans nowadays, too, is, like, always the fear of failure yeah. and well, the repercussions of everything. Totally. And when you own a business, people going online, they can say anything. They can yeah. lie. They can totally twist their own story and that mm -hmm. that's when you care that much about your business it really messes you up mm -hmm. so yeah all this other stuff can happen but that's what bothers me sure <laughs> so do you miss your old location at all um i do and i don't i feel like i lived that life yeah like i was also bartending in hoboken at the time okay. i was i lived in hoboken from 19 to 26. so that's that's a pretty solid time mm -hmm. i had so much fun i really lived my life there i i really feel like that chapter just closed and it was time to move on like, if I were living there now, I wouldn't be going out drinking and partying. I'm like, I already did that. So, I'm good. This is, like, more suburban. I've got my house now. I don't have to worry about street cleaning and moving my car. So, I just feel like I'm so grateful for that time. I still always have such a good place in my heart for Hoboken. Who knows? Maybe I'll open a place there again one day. I would never outrule that, but I'm good for now. Okay. Life's all around pretty good. Yeah, I'm fine. Do you do you feel like you like still go through any type of grieving process? You know, with your mom being gone. Oh sure. I mean, 
there's time. I mean, 99% of the time, I'm fine. Like, I have, I'm living my life now with the cards that I've been dealt. But, you know, every once in a blue moon, you just get a memory or you think about that person and, and how everything happened. And you just get really upset. Especially now that I'm, like, talking about, you know, do we want kids? Are we going to start having kids soon? And, like, the thought of that is, like, wow. She had to leave her kids. She didn't have a choice. So, like, stuff like that can, can mess you up a little bit, for sure. How do you keep the memory of your mother alive today? Because you're 30 years old. You have technically, by this point, spent more time without your mother than you did with her. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? <laughs> 16 yeah. years versus 14. Yeah. So, like, and, and I can't even imagine, like, how a, a memory of someone or something must fade over 16 years. So, so what is it you do, especially now that you're not in, in your childhood home anymore, with like these tangible reminders of her? What do you, what do, you do exactly to, to kind of keep her with you? So that, I mean, it's really tough for me to answer because I didn't get to know her that well. And that sucks. I wish I got to know her better. I wish I could go back in time and be like, all right, let me just ask you these 10 questions before I can't talk to you anymore. So I just remember like how close we were and I just remember like a handful of really really good memories and that's that's all I can go by I mean there's kids that lost their parents even younger so that sucks for them even more because they didn't get any memories but I just remember like cooking and going to like gymnastics and stuff so yeah do you ever think to um, ask your family members that knew her longer about, you know, more of her personality as, like, a person? Like, if she was one of us, if she was just sitting here? I wish I could. I have no connection to any family members on her side. Wow. She was an only child. Her mother, who died after her, I, my sister and I were her primary caregivers. She died in 20, 2014 or 2015. Um... But she was, she had a lot of issues with, um, she was heavily medicated. She, her husband died in 1992 and they had a very, very bizarre, strained relationship. So I don't really like have anyone that I can ask about her except my dad. And my dad's like, again, tough Italian guy. He's like, oh yeah, she was, you know, she's great. Well, yeah. But it's, it's hard to like, well, get to get sappy with Are there any like friends maybe okay. that like you can reach out to that she yeah. had? A couple of her lawyer friends, I know, I'm like connected to on Facebook. That's yeah. that's it. But like, they only knew her from work. Yeah, so, it would just be yeah. so interesting. Like, find someone that could like sit you down, like over a drink, and like tell you stories about you know what she did when she was 18 or what she did when she was 25. Yeah, I would love that. So really cool story, and I'm dying to know what this is going to turn out to be. We found a letter. It's an envelope that was in my house. And my mom wrote it, and it's sealed up. And my sister's name is Renee, and it says Renee, age 40. My sister's 35. What? And you haven't opened it? That's so crazy. Yeah, so we don't know. So she's going to open it when she's 40? You didn't open it? No, because my sister's not 40 yet. Oh, wow. I don't know if I could wait. I know. That was like, that was a wish. But like, yeah. I know. And I don't know if she wrote it many 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 years ago or when if she wrote it when she was sick like yeah. we have no idea i told my sister i'm like we're gonna find out we have a long lost brother or something and my sister's like you're an idiot no we're not. <laughs> she's gonna write like 
I hope that your life has turned out this way. Like, my sister has her idea of what it is, and I'm like, I don't know. There might be a plot twist here. Do you think it's a secret, whereas your sister is, thinks it's more of, like, a just reminder a mushy, to... Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. My sister just thinks it's, like, a loving note. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this. That thing's sealed. And it says age 40. Like, come on. Yeah. My sister was 19 when she died, so... It, it's that's going to be a minimum of 21 years later. Like, what if it just says nothing? It could. Oh, my God. I need to know. We need to film you again in five years. I hope years. you're doing well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. It could be a smiley face on a big piece like of Like, joke's on you. You waited yeah. this long. I got it. That would right? probably be amazing, though. She was not really a prankster, so I don't okay. know. I, like, but wait. need to know. I'm, wait. I'm like, <laughs> there, was, there was no letter for me, and I'm the one who found it. So I was like... What? What is this? Huh. And I didn't open it. What if she like says like you guys aren't really sisters or half sisters? Our voices sound way too similar. That we are, I, we have to be. You guys look alike. We don't look alike at all, but we have like the same voice. And if I was twenty pounds lighter, we would have the exact same stomach. <laughs> <laughs> She's just a lot skinnier than me, but I'm like our stomachs look the same. That's incredible. And like, she looks we like need some to make sure that doesn't look like others. We need to make sure that we stay in touch because yeah. now I need to know in five years. I, know. I need to know what's in there. We got four and, half, four and a half years left. Wow. I said to, I'm actually, my house is under construction right now. So I'm actually living with my sister, her husband, and her two kids. Because I had to get my dog out of the house for construction. And the other day I was eating and I like dropped my fork and I was like, do you have a letter? <laughs> I was like, where is it? She goes, it's in our nightstand upstairs. I was like, all right, fine. I go, don't you want to put it in like a fire safe yeah. vault? Yeah, yeah, right. She's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, if you lose that, I yeah, I'm like what? It, You'll never. I'm like anxious right now. I know. I know. About yes. this. I know. It could be nothing. I just keep thinking like, all right, it could be nothing. Wow, we're gonna have to check back in in five years because I, I'm, I can only assume our listeners are curious. How did I, I know we're running out of time, but I want to ask this real quick. How did your sister handle everything? So my sister and I in certain aspects are polar opposites. We have the same like stupid, goofy, sarcastic sense of humor, but when it comes to like emotional stuff, I'm the emotional, spiritual, sappy sister. She's like the stone cold, like everything's fine type of person. Mm-hmm. You seem so, that way though, a little bit. I, it, you know, I can be, it depends on what the situation is. Okay. When yeah, it comes we, down to like, when it comes down to like really important things and when the time is right, I'm yeah. like emo, sappy, spiritual. <laughs> She's just never not like that. She's you always said that she's more like your father and you were more totally. like your Oh, yeah. And yes. in, the, in the video, you also talked about how your sister was crying. Yeah. Never, never, ever. Never. Like, so not emotional. Like, my sister doesn't even take, like, a ton of pictures of her kids or, like, stuff like that. And I'm always like, come here. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're just opposite. Okay. So, my sister, again, she was 19. So, when you're 19, you want to party, you want to hang out with your friends. She was at NYU having the time of her life. My sister also always had since I can remember, since she was like 16, she always had a, ser- a serious boyfriend. So she was always like off doing her thing. And when you're 19, you don't want to hang out with your 14 year old sister. Same thing, like five, so we're five years apart. I feel like now we're really close cause we're like getting older and she has kids now. But growing up five years apart is just enough to be like, you're the annoying younger sister. Right. Not to say that that's what she thought, but oh, it, yeah. it just it just meant that we didn't hang out that much. Mm-hmm. Right, so. I have siblings that are two years younger than me and it's like, when we were younger, it's like, oh, you're way too young for me. Yes. Yeah. So Even two years. Totally. So, you know, no fault to her on mm-hmm. that. But it's just, you know, five years apart. I wouldn't want to hang out with someone five years younger. Now, no problem. But when you're a teenager, you don't want to hang out with someone five years younger. And you had a serious boyfriend. You know how, 
how girls get. Like, we're always with the significant other and you never see them. So that's, that's what it was like. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said, our time is definitely coming close to an end. We like to kind of end our segments just like we do with our videos with some final thoughts and advice that you could give to our listeners with, you know, getting through something similar that you have gone through or, you know, general advice that has helped you through life. All right. Uh, now that I'm 30 and supposed to be a little bit wiser, <laughs> I say if you need help, don't be afraid to ask for it. Uh, if you need to seek professional help, absolutely go for it. Meditating is the bomb and just keep going it's it's tough but like if you just take it one day at a time and make like a little checklist for yourself every day that's gonna help if you're like feeling really down on yourself stop thinking like that surround yourself with things that are positive and people and ideas that motivate you because if you sit in the negative your whole life's gonna be the negative so keep going yeah and, and you know it's, it's crazy we just um we just had a conversation with uh, morgan and she said almost the exact same things with everything that she went through. And it's such like a common thread that we find with people is working on your mental ability to change your thoughts. You know, it's a constant work every single day. But if you try to take control of your thoughts and try to turn negative into positive, everyone says it and a lot of people don't believe it. But I know that you and in the conversations that we have, I actively do it. You actively do it. And it makes everything different it, it makes a world of a difference totally thoughts are things and when i catch myself thinking negative thoughts i'm like no 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 snap out of it like cut mm -hmm. that out mm -hmm. and i you know i i'm not perfect i still think negative stuff all the time but i really am actively trying to snap myself out of it and like okay why is this good and mm -hmm. then you go with it yeah and i think also another point that's really important in your case is you were going through all of these i mean traumatic events but you found a passion which is what you do now, hair and, and makeup, and that's something you devoted almost all of your time to, and it was, it was a way for you to kind of get away from... Oh yeah, being a workaholic is, is a good distraction if you're, yeah. <laughs> if you're I think going through something. Finding a passion is, is definitely a super healthy totally. thing. You mentioned that earlier too, and, and, and when you did say that, I, I mean, that it piqued my intrigue because I, I think that as much as therapy is helpful and we as a team encourage that, I mean, I've never gone to therapy personally, but like I would never steer anybody in direction opposite of that because if it helps, it helps. You know, who am I to say otherwise? But I obviously, I, we went to the same high school, we grew up in the same sort of, you know, Essex County, strict Italian family. And so for you to pour yourself into work, that, that would be my exact coping. Oh, method. totally. And it works. It works because it's a healthy distraction. You're not pouring yourself into alcohol or substances or, you know, things that could potentially harm you down the road. These are healthy, <clears throat> uh, lucrative opportunities totally. that are, you know, don't turn one tragedy into another. Yep. Find yourself a passion. Roll with the punches. <clears throat> All right, guys. Um, well, Dina, thank you so much for taking the time out of your night to have us here and welcoming welcoming us into your salon. My pleasure. Um, <laughs> and we've had a wonderful time, and you know, speaking to people like you, it's so empowering and powerful to continue to count our blessings and be grateful for everything that we do have. Um, it's just honestly a reminder of the things that we haven't gone through that other people have. So, so thank you for opening up to us and letting us be a part of your life. Um, 
I don't know if you guys have any last words. You, you said empowering, and, and that was actually our high school motto. Empowering <laughs> 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 women. But yeah, all jokes aside, you exemplify that to the fullest. Absolutely. Degree, and it's like, just thank you. I mean, this so. salon is amazing. Thank you so much for having us. And yeah. it was incredible hearing your story. Thank you, thank you. And everyone, buy a fire extinguisher. The fire jokes just keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so if you have not done so already, please make sure to like, subscribe, comment, follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Everything is For the Haters with the Y. Uh, our YouTube channel is For the Haters. Obviously, you're listening now. This is For the Haters. Uh, we appreciate every single, uh, every, all the feedback that we get. Comment. If you guys have any questions or anything you want to say, make sure to find us let us know. So, yeah. Thanks for joining, guys. We'll, uh, we'll be with you guys next week. Catch you in the next one. Do it for the haters. For the haters, for the haters, come on to it now or later. Whoa, uh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. It don't matter what your name is, share your story. We'll be waiting. Uh, uh, uh.